Good evening, everyone, and you're listening to River Radio on the web, on mobile, and on Alexa. Welcome, everybody. It's been a really, really testing time in politics this week, but we're going to be lifting the lid to see what really matters, what's really going on in politics unspun. With me now, I have Lars Swan, our conservative guru or influencer from Windsor Way. Good evening, Lars. Good evening, Linda. And over in Bracknell, I have the chairman of of uh, the Labour Bracknell Association, Roy Bailey, Dr Roy Bailey. Good evening, Roy. Hello, Linda. Hi, Roy. I hope you're keeping well over there yeah. on, the, on the other side of the valley. <laughs> yes, something like that. And also we have Mike Borden, who is actually, I'm going to introduce you to our floating voter, the man who makes up his mind where the wind blows, I guess, Mike. Is that I, the case? I, as I speak at this moment, I am just <laughs> doggy paddling around on the River Thames, <laughs> floating away. Yeah, I've always been a floating boater. Yeah. So I can talk more about that in a while. So that'll be, re- it's really interesting. Obviously, we're going to start tonight with the leadership um, contest, which we now know, of course, is down to two candidates. There's Rishi Sunak and there is Liz Trust. I want to go first to Roy, actually, because there's all this talk going on about which candidate is the most feared by the Labour Party and obviously that varies from poll to poll but I would like to know what you make of that Roy. It's certainly interesting and and it's interesting in the sense that it's the the two candidates themselves that are saying they would be best able to beat Keir Starmer so I think the agenda really on that has been set by them. Um, There was a recent poll I think which put if if um, I think if, uh, you know, I'm losing my train of thought here completely. Um, if, if, if Rishi Sunak... If, 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 if Rishi Sunak were the candidate, then I think the Labour Party would, would be 11 points ahead in the polls, um, whereas it would be um, 14 points um, if... Uh, do you know, I'm just... Liz Truss went ahead by 14. So, in 14. fact, Rishi Sunak... Is the, is, the, is the less scary of the two to the Labour Party? Is that what we derive? I, I, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's interesting because whenever you ask Labour politicians about this, I mean, they, they would all say, and you would expect them to say, it doesn't make any difference. Um, if we can allow ourselves to step back a little bit, it would seem that Rishi Sunak is probably the grown-up in the room mm. um, and I think probably would be the most credible in terms of leading the Tory party. But uh, either of them, I don't think, pose a great deal of, of challenge for the Labour Party, but that obviously will have to be seen, won't it? Quite right, Roy. Now, that brings me to my next question, which is for Lars, because I've heard heard it said, and I was talking to a former senior, well-known Conservative MP just a matter of hours ago, who said he has serious doubts, confidentially, between us and the Thames Valley, that the Conservatives can't win the next election. It doesn't matter who they choose. Well, they're not inspiring, are they? Oh, no, you've got Rishi Sunak on one <laughs> hand, you've got Liz, Liz Truss on the other. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. That's worrying. That's really worrying, Lars. It is worrying. It's so it's actually really worrying because I actually, I, I don't know. Um, obviously, I've, I've got a vote on this. I don't actually know which way I would vote. I've got no idea who I would vote for. Yeah, but that it wouldn't be so worrying if you're if you're saying that actually they're both tremendous candidates, they're both really really good. Not sure which side I can come down. But what you've just said is you're not inspired by either of them. No, not at all. 
Well, that's and, saying and, something, isn't it? I've spoken to um, a couple of MPs who are equally uninspired, but the, but they 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 supported Kemi. Yeah. Um, who I was my favourite. Oh, and unfortunately, sad. she she went she got and then bounced out. We we ended up. I actually think it should have been what it should have been. I know it's all very well to go back in you know in time. Mm. What they should have done is got not had any candidates that were or existing cabinet members and brought someone in completely Ooh, fresh, completely quite a hard new. line. Let me go now to Mike, um, and let me ask you, Mike, because you are our floating voter in the Thames Valley. What do you think? Uh, well, I'd love to say they've made me splash around a bit with a modicum of, 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 of interest. But quite frankly, <laughs> I, I almost echo, uh, whilst it hurts, uh, your comments, Lars, about uh, and neither of them are inspiring. Uh, and actually, uh, for the country, a clean sweep with no one that have any uh, knowledge or work within the last government under Boris Johnson would have been better. And I'm staggered. But sadly, not surprised that the parliamentary party has has elected two people who are, quite frankly, in my opinion, the two worst candidates because they're not inspiring. You have one person who who uh, has been convicted in Partygate, and the other one that seems to have lost. Uh, she she struggles, uh, appears to struggle, and and I and I liked some of the other candidates uh, who didn't make it past the first mile, and and. It comes back to your original point. I don't think with the two candidates that the Conservative Party have that they are electable at the next uh, election, irrespective of what Labour do. But don't you think one of the problems was that actually I do see your point. Um, In many ways, it would have been a great idea to have a clean break candidate. Absolutely. But actually, when you're in the business of governing the country, you do actually need some cabinet experience before you pick up a mantle like that. I, I again I, I I my question is why because sometimes leaders come from out of nowhere and a leader can use people and again I go back to my military experience and, and whatever I've done before a leader has a whole array of people around him to give him advice your job is to lead your job is to set an example and no one uh, and certainly not the two remaining candidates mm. are in a position to set any example at all and, and 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 i'm not being disparaging in one direction rather than the other because i personally as as a floating voter i don't find uh, sir keir starmer particularly invigorating mm. uh i i i applaud his moral stance against boris johnson but quite frankly a passerby in the street could have done that uh in terms of the comparison I just worry that a, a whole bunch of people that purport to be uh, knowledgeable and informed and also want to be re-elected ending up picking the two people that are left who I think are unelectable. Do you think that's because the Conservative MPs and now the Conservative membership are actually picking someone that they want that they want and that they're thinking of what they want ahead of what's necessary for the country? I think it's, yes, in a short answer, but I also believe they've lost, missed the point because most of them want to be re-elected. And if if you said to them, if you picked, and this is where I'm baffled as a floating voter, it stands out. A country mile that get rid of anyone with any any experience within the Boris government and you'll stand a better chance because they can stand at the ballot box and say, I was not responsible. I accept liability from that, but it wasn't me. And I've, I am a clean sweep and I can 
do the right thing. Yeah. And, and that doesn't seem to me like the proverbial element of rocket science. And I don't know, Lars, whether or not you, you, you know, you stand and, and defend the way, I, because there's a process of electing them. But for well, me... he wasn't very defensive earlier, was he? <laughs> no. You know, Jeremy Hunt, uh, who lost to, to Boris Johnson, for me, would have been a better candidate. And, and step by step, the ones that were knocked out were, for me, the better potentials than the last three. I agree. Uh, and, yeah. Mm, mm. And, and, and I... And I'm just staggered, staggered that uh, a party that won with such a huge majority, in my opinion, are going to throw it away and the swing will be enormous. And ultimately, do you think the Conservatives are heading towards electoral oblivion? Yeah. Well, I don't know, because Labour went to electoral oblivion and and a a day can change everything. Uh, And under, you know, the disaster of the Jeremy Corbyn era in the Labour Party... And the rise of Boris Johnson gave, you know, the transformation was huge. But I see it going back the other way again. Mm. People Mm. will not forget. People, it's all very well to say we've moved on. The country has not moved on. The the appalling behaviour of what went on. And if you've in any way related to that then the opposition will be able to throw mud. Yeah, and I, I kind of think that is going to happen, but I want to kind of draw you on to the situation well, we'll what, be facing. What I find Lars. quite interesting, you made a point earlier about um, would you elect a government that hasn't got experience in... Mm. in but, of course, that always happens. When, when Labour win the government, they've got no cabinet experience. They literally... you know. Yeah, but that's they, why we have a shadow cabinet, yeah. so they can clock that kind of experience up. Not sure. Can, can I can I just add a couple of points? Yes, I'm like, please, it's Roy. interesting. I agree very much with both what Lars and Mike had said. And and if you know, if I were a conservative, I would be fairly forlorn currently. Interestingly, I listened with interest um, to Jeremy Hunt on LBC, who's yes. standing in for Jeremy. Um, I did too. James good. O'Brien, yeah. and, and I thought actually he was quite good. Yeah, I have to be honest. And what was interesting from some of the calls was that they were making the point that Lars and Mike have just made, that someone unconnected with the Boris Johnson government would have had a better chance. And we've spoken before on this programme about Tom Tugendhat. Um, mm. And I mm. think he impressed a lot of people. He mm. would have taken he, Labour votes. Impressed me. Um, impressed yeah. me. He um, did impress a lot And he's of gone. People. He's yeah. gone. Yep. I mean, he was, he was, he's always been mooted as a future Conservative leader. So it's not as though he came out of nowhere because he has been highlighted as a possible Conservative Prime Minister and he's got key support from influential Conservatives. I think what happened was, because I watched both debates start to finish, he wasn't quite as impressive in the debates as I thought he was going to be. Yeah. And that let him down. Yeah, I think he was too polite. I don't think he's too polite. I don't think there's any such thing but, as being too polite. But, but, uh, <laughs> Not in my book. <laughs> but, but everything that you're saying, Roy, I completely agree with. In the same way as, and I've listened, and I'm an addict, an addict of picking up political news, whether it be the main news or, or things like Question Time or whatever is going on. And I watched Chris Bryant from the Labour Party uh, talking and Question Time, and he impressed me in the same way as Tom Tuchanot impressed me. So I don't have any bias. I like people that I thought, do you know what? And it was the same with Jeremy Hunt. I could trust you. Yeah, he was good this morning, wasn't he, on LBC? He was, he was, he was really good. He was very good this morning. Very good, Linda. Um, he, got, he came into his own. I could yeah. see another, another career coming. I, I thought, he's a broadcaster. He was yes, crisp, I did. I he was clear, that. he was right on the money. 
Why, yeah. the, why then? Did we not choose him earlier? Did, did, didn't, I didn't. Why didn't the Conservative Parliamentary Party understand that? Because this is the other thing that baffles me. In the same way as the Boris era is over, everyone knew. Everyone knew he was a liar. Everyone knew he was doing things himself. And yet people continued to try and keep the process going. And I went, you must be an intelligent person. You must recognise this. And and trying to move the agenda on when actually people were sitting there talking about their loved ones, etc., etc. It's the same now. Yeah. What is it within the political party structures that stops them seeing common sense? Yes. Yeah, because actually... Can, both, can, can, I just, can I just ask... All of you, I think traditionally everyone, you know, pays attention to the showboater and no one pays attention to policies. When they fight elections, they're not, the, the MPs are not necessarily clear about their policies. But also, I think there's a duty of care by the voter to pay attention to the policies, to read them properly and start paying attention to what they're actually voting for. I mean, what do you think of that? Okay, from from my perspective, I again, I'd love to say uh, that people should look for what they're voting for rather mm. than their personality. But if you look across uh, history of the world, part one, people don't. They follow. They go with the leader. How did Trump get elected? Not in his policies. How did uh, How did Boris get elected? Uh, on just running around and shouting about to get Brexit done, and that was the depth of his policies. That's what people yep. see. Yeah, and and. And I'm not not being disparaging towards the, the electorate, but that is what people look for. And if you ask me to describe the difference between Labour policies and Conservative policies, I would I'd get there, but it wouldn't be able to give you the depth of knowledge in that. Other than one does tax and the other doesn't do tax. Actually, two two elections ago, the BBC did some blind testing and they went out to the voter and they they showed them all these different policies and people couldn't pick no. Labour, Folk and Conservative. They liked to vote for their own MP or they voted for the leader of the party. They voted along a number of different lines. But actually, what what I want to ask you, um, Roy, definitely I want yeah. to ask you. Hmm. Right now, we are facing a terrible economic crisis. There's no yes, question yeah. about that. It is the perfect storm. Yeah. And things are, mu- according to The Economist a couple of weeks ago, things are much, much worse than we think they are. Once you lift the lid and you look at the actual numbers, they're really terrifying. So right now, I think, or do you think, people should step to the plate and start looking at who can deliver some possible breakthrough modern economic solutions oh god uh, it's perilous there's no question about that without being over dramatic you know we've the borrowing rates at record levels we couldn't borrow anymore even if we wanted to so it is perilous our public sector stands in a position of being almost into disrepute um they want to and i see the candidates in the past have said they will cut taxes well how are you going to then sustain support the public sector it's not going to happen and already we've seen the police, for example, um, uh, down to their, their shoelaces. It's just, mm. it, it's not sustainable. So I don't have any magic solutions. Clearly, we need to generate money, and that's through encouraging businesses, small businesses, big businesses. Um, we've got to work really hard at this. And, of course, the one thing that we're not talking about, and politicians certainly aren't talking about, is Brexit. The damage from Brexit mm. is is in, indefinably bad, Um 
And yet no one is acknowledging that. But actually, if we go back to my question, Mm -hmm. my question is, should voters pay more attention to policies this time round? Because undoubtedly, everyone's going to be affected very quickly and possibly very badly by some of the decisions that are going to be made. I think they should. Um, There's no doubt about that. I mean, one very brief example, occasionally we do hustings at six forms. And I remember one occasion at the school not far from here, we just set out the policies of the respective, or rather the school did, we weren't involved in this. These are the main policy statements of the parties without Mm. naming the parties. And I think about 85% of the students, I'm bound to say this, I guess, opted for Labour. Um, but but there is a sense in which, and I think you've alluded to this, that, you know, prime ministerial or presidential. I mean, people need inspirational, exciting leaders, too, to, to latch on to those policies. If you get that combination right, you, you're on the winner. And because with Blair, he, I mean, you saw what happened with Blair, um, three, three landslide elections. Mm. Are there politicians around today that could do that? Are there, Roy? Are there, uh, sorry, Lars, are there, I always get you two muddled up, <laughs> which is very weird in the circumstances, but I think you've both got the same moral fibre, so there we are. Um, so, Lars, what I'm, I want to ask is, um, the, the fact of the matter is that Liz Trust said tonight um, to Andrew Marr that she wanted to cut tax and borrow the money to do it. Now, are you telling me that's a good idea? On face value, probably not. But there is a, there is there is also an argument. I think Hong Kong did Hong Kong did this when they cut tax and actually the net re- the the gross receipts from taxation from the government from taxation actually increased as a result of them cutting tax. So it it depends where you're going to cut the tax from. The um, currently we have a higher an additional rate tax at forty five percent. Now, obviously, if you cut that. You're, I think what will happen is you'll find that your your receipts coming in will actually rise slightly because there are an, there are a number of people who are in the forty five percent and above rate mm. that will look for ways to reduce their tax because they don't mind paying forty percent. Mm-hmm. What they don't like to pay is forty five percent or fifty percent. Or if you're at that range between a hundred thousand and one hundred and sixteen thousand, your actual tax is about sixty percent. But an increase in tax receipts is unlikely to cover thirty billion pounds of borrowing. That's correct. It's not going to cover it all. It's going to be a long term. Um, there's going to be a long term. It's going to be a long term policy to, yeah. to cut tax. I personally don't think that income tax on the individual should be cut. I think that corporation tax on the small businesses should be reduced back down to 20%. Mm. Because the reality, what will happen with that is if you're reducing your corporation tax, companies have more money to pay their staff to increase their wages to help with the cost of living crisis, which will result in more receipts for the government because they'll be paying it at 12%. Mike? So, <laughs> I kind of want to... Your question was about should we be interested in the policies? Uh, because of the impact oh, well, on... Oh, definitely, because yeah. of the, the answer, catastrophic the situation is, we're facing. How can I be? Uh, for the next two years, I have absolutely no say, and f- of the four of us in this in this virtual room, there's only one of us that has any say on who's going to be elected. Who's 
and that's the man sitting over there because it, uh, because 160,000 people. Oh, are you, are you, are you on that? It's okay. They're 50% then. So 50% of us, why should I look at policies? Because I have no control over anyone who's elected. The person that's elected is taken by a tiny, tiny proportion. Well, so I'd love to be interested well, in policies. Should, yeah, but you can prepare for it. You can be in the run up to that's, the general election. It's yeah, going to matter then. But, but, but the critically, and the thing that really matters to me is four months away when I can't afford to live because I don't have enough money to pay the bills to keep my flat going. And I can't do anything about who's elected into government. And if mm. they work on a policy that doesn't support me, and I listened to some of the elements about what was said, and, and some of it was, there's only so much we can do, you're going to have to so, suck so it up. So would you be in favour of tax cuts or not? I would be in favour of intervention. Uh, if we're talking about the thing that matters to me, it's not about tax cuts. It's about looking at the, the uh, energy companies and taxing them so that the, the, the money so that we can then end up paying because a fuel bill, an energy bill is massive for someone's oh, budget. Yeah, so don't tax me or give me 27 What about pence. reducing the tax threshold? Would that help? Only if, if you, in, as well, if that just enabled me to pay an extortionate mm. energy bill because we're not taxing the, the energy companies who are making massive profits, which is a bit I don't understand, that why on earth are we allowing that to happen? And then the average man in the street, the average woman, the average single old age pensioner cannot afford to heat their flat or their home. And so they make, they have to choose between food and fuel. Mm. And yet I have no say. And and so two years from now is always a prepare for a general election. There are going to be people that will die mm. because no, they, very serious. I know and, and, yeah. and we have got 160,000 people picking someone and, and and as we've had from from our resident a person sitting over there that for for Lars quite rightly has said neither of them appeal mm, mm. well if they don't appeal to you they sure as heck don't appeal to the rest of the electorate <laughs> and 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 that worries me seriously i'm i'm just putting at the moment i'm doing the ostrich approach to the ng bill hoping that something happens yeah i I will not be able to afford to pay for my energy. So that's the bit that worries me. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and, and the, the correlation between are we going to cut taxes, what does that actually mean to my income? Show me where that, you know, you talk about increasing receipts to the government. If you're going to tell me I'm going to save £100, it's wasted. What I would love to do is someone to tell me that the petrol is going to be at a price I can afford because petrol is too expensive and the energy is going to go back down to a rate which is affordable for the average and man food. in the street. And food. The and food. So they're the bits that matter to people. Yeah. And that's the bit, when you go back to talking about policies, mm. whatever the party and their policies, they don't seem to relate to what the person in the street really does care about. Yeah, and I think that's a really, really good point, Lars, because actually what we're looking at here is two very, very difficult years. And in some senses, most econ economists um, who will advise um, whoever wins this race and the cabinet themselves don't work on two-year plans. Most of the measures they have to take 
like ta- cutting taxes in order to stimulate growth in the economy, if indeed that can happen, take longer than two years. Now, the problem is, as Mike has highlighted, you've got a situation where people suffer greatly in the short term. And that's why there's a lot of talk amongst Conservatives that it will be impossible to win the next election because the Conservatives won't be in good enough shape because of the policies they brought in to help people like our floating voter here. Yeah, so so the policies that the um, campaign leaders or, or that are trying are putting together are, are irrelevant, really, because they don't they can't do them without the right cabinet. So it, it depends what they put in their manifesto. I've kind of argued that very few people ever read a manifesto. I've read one um, before, and I probably would never read one again. But it's the headline kind of stuff. Um, the interesting thing about the um, and Mike makes an interesting point about. Um, taxing the energy companies more but of course the the offset of that is of course that the energy companies are just going to put their prices off Mm. to offset against the tax additional tax they've had to pay the government so what is 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 there an argument there in terms of policies is to say that we should treat energy water and stuff like that as a non-vatable supply because it's a you need it to live Mm. It's like food. Food is zero rated mm. because you can't survive without food. Water is zero rated for consumers, but should now gas and electric be zero rated? It, but it's a question of whether these two candidates want to put that forward. Until they win, they can't deliver on anything. But actually, on the face of it, it's true, isn't it, guys, that these two candidates are divided by their, their, their view of what we do about tax. Rishi Sunak believes that we should cut tax that only when we can afford it, that he has to deal with inflation first, which is what you're talking about, Mike, is severe price rises, and he won't cut tax until he's tackled inflation. That's very distinct from Liz Truss, who wants to cut tax, and she says she doesn't want to do it by cutting back on public spending, she says she wants to borrow 30 billion quid in order to cut tax. And it's a decision as to whether you think that's right or that's right. It's actually a very clear-cut choice. What do you think, Roy? I mean, can I just first say I applaud the comments from Mike earlier. It was very impassioned mm. um, and very powerful, actually. I think it would be for the two candidates to listen to what he just said would be quite instructive. Very instructive, because yeah. he made some very valid points. Mm. Um, and it's interesting to see that the candidates, I mean, you may have seen, I'm sure you have, um, the Labour Party released a, a party political broadcast the other day. It lasted about 35 seconds. And there was nothing, no comment from the Labour Party. It was all clips from what mm, the Tory Party people. candidates had mm. said. Mm. And so they're, they're in a state, they're in a big state, mm. so much so that Rishi Sunak is being accused of being a socialist. I mean, <laughs> good gracious me. <laughs> yeah, but um, you, say, you say that, though, Roy. I've, we've had, I've had letters from, from members who said that um, they're going to quit because they, um, they basically don't want to, um, they don't want to um, be seen as supporting um, a socialist Tory party. <laughs> I mean that that is ridiculous. That is quite ridiculous, and it just it demonstrates the sort of toxicity of the, of the tribal nature of our politics. You, I mean, I think Rishi Sunak, I think is as I said before, is is the grown up in the room because he's yeah. at least acknowledging that. Mm. And I think 
whether or not the members out in the wider field would listen and respond. I mean, we know what the demographics of them are, so it's doubtful whether that they'll vote for him. But, you know, he clearly is the one that I think has, has most sense um, and an authority in all of that. But as for borrowing, I mean, borrowing in itself, de facto, is not a bad thing. It's mm. just that our record of borrowing at the moment is, is through the, it's through the terrible, sky. It's terrible, isn't it? It is terrible. But it's not always a bad thing. I mean, all governments. Borrow. No, 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 it isn't. And and it's and but but someone pointed out to me last night who's who's quite um, uh, key in our defence procurement program. Um, you, you've got the amount of money you're in debt, and then there's the interest on the debt, and yeah. therein lies the problem. It's how quickly the interest on the debt can change that leads us. In, it could lead us into very very deep water, and we, you could get rises of twenty billion quid quite easily if you pull the wrong economic levers in the wrong way now you could indeed and as i said before it's not helped we have a perfect storm i mean brexit is there in the background everyone now acknowledges that it's been disastrous and yet we're not acknowledging it we're just not even discussing it um we have to move even keir starmer has, has said that but um, I, I, I i get that roy but but it, it's happened now and i think and, and it relates back to a point i think uh, that linda came out with is this is entirely relevant and i will be staggered i could almost predict it that actually the next two years will be infighting about who was responsible for this and you did that and you did that wrong and yep. you did it yep. rather than so brexit is done it's not good but that's the way we are it's like when we joined the european union we left the european union uh it's happened now make the best of it and i cannot see positive politics coming out of this particular situation i i from a a floating voter perspective i would have loved them to have actually said look this is an opportunity to go to the country and and then sell and the solution because it's so critical what's going to happen at the moment and i and i and i lars i get your comment about about uh the 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 issue about the energy companies but there is there is the potential to cap to control and as you say make energy and food essential services where there need to be a guarantee of a bare minimum so that people can afford to live okay not at a great level but they can afford to live and then the rest of it can follow Uh, it's a bit where you have a choice whether you buy something or don't something this is not about choices this is about survival I know Martin yeah. Lewis, the, the money-saving expert, said that if he went out and he there are, there, there are some people and he could give them every single piece of decent advice he could and they implemented what he said immediately, there would still be some people who simply couldn't match what they brought in to what they had to pay out. They, there would simply be a gap and that was yeah. all there was to it. And that's a really, really heartbreaking situation, I think. And, and the fact of the matter is there are going to be millions and millions of people in that situation. So here's an interesting policy idea, oh. which, which Roy, Roy would be quite shocked that I'm going to have to say this. <laughs> Do you think we should consider renationalising the energy companies? Mm. I, I definitely do. Uh, I mean, most other EU countries do that, and they're, they're they're making profits out of us. So, absolutely, I do. Yeah, I mean, that does seem to make sense, actually. And uh, you know, I think that's a, I think that's a, a, it, yeah. a brilliant idea because it re- it actually acknowledges exactly what you said, Lars, which is the the essential things that are needed. Uh, mm. Take government control over that. The NHS. Uh, energy and food 
so that people can survive. Do that, take control, manage it that way in a government run. You can still allow them to make, but it, but it's, it is insane at the moment, the amount of profit companies are making yeah. as people starve mm-hmm. and freeze mm-hmm. yeah. and and uh if that was possible but this is this is another thing that i've i get baffled at as a floating voter i'm listening to you talking and what you say makes sense and that's cross-party mm. what i don't see is i don't see that coming out of the very people that are meant to be leading this no, country I'll, I'll tell you one thing i'm going to ask you guys what you think of it because it was really obvious to me in the second debate and it's why i think they cancelled the next debate is that there was, a, and it's between the two people who won this contest, that's Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss. At one stage, they were talking about economic policy and, uh, and options, and there was a level of disrespect and contempt that yes. I could hardly believe existed. Mm. And, and I'm sure that's behind the reason for the cancellation, because it is very, very difficult to, to build consensus and compromise into a, situ, into a situation once you've got um, contempt. It's but one every, of those things. Every, but everyone's seen it now. Yeah, everyone's seen you it. Can't, that's you right. Can't, you can't pretend you can't it's not there. It. No, you mm. can't. So actually, I have enormous respect. I'm sorry. It's it, all of this you stuff. You can't go back you on know, it. It's go back, to, go back to Partygate. Everyone knew. Everyone mm. knew that he was lying for his teeth, but no one actually went. It was a bit like the Emperor's New Clothes. <laughs> it really was. It's, it's very difficult to when you when you hear the 1922 committee say, "Well, it's all now, everything's fine, and we've sorted all of this out." But actually, there was a level of such disrespect that it really and took me aback. It hasn't gone away. No, it hasn't gone. It hasn't anywhere. gone away, and and everything, and, and just that point. It goes. That my point is that there are a lot of intelligent people in this country who do care. And whilst they may not have the right ideas, they are looking for someone to go, I will listen to you. And irrespective of which particular party I support, yeah. I will stand up for that. And there, there, sadly, there, there was an opportunity. And that's where I go back to the point we don't actually need someone with cabinet experience to lead this country. There's enough civil servants that can help us with the common sense stuff uh, and, and lead and listen. So we... Uh, well, right now, but uh, we're in a, a conservative seat, um, and really Berkshire, bits of Buckinghamshire, are more or less conservative through and through. I mean, obviously, um, we're ex- we're expecting a, a local seat to come up, aren't we, Roy? And we, that might be a bit yes. of a bellwether. Um, yes. But what I want to ask you about this particular constituency is it historically has been conservative, very conservative. This is Beaconsfield. Do you think that could become a Lib Dem seat? Well, it happened in Amersham. Yeah. The neighbouring constituency. So anything, there's no such thing as a safe seat anymore. And that, that's, Do you think that's, that's I mean, key. there are some safes. Mind you, I say that, and we look at uh, Mr. Parrish's seat down in Tiverton and Honiton. He had a majority of 30, no, the vote for him was 38,000. 38,000, and it went to the Lib Dems. So maybe you're right, maybe there is no such thing there as a safe I don't seat. Think there, I don't think there is anymore. I think that the the... Uh, unbelievable th- things that happened uh, uh, that have happened over the last 18 months no one will forget and and mm. with with mm. with the correct media and anything i think there's every chance and and dare i say it not just to the lib dems mm. but all the way to the other side so it'll go from blue to red quite quickly and and the, and the ver- this will be about 
cutting losses and trying to hang on to a decent opposition rather than being decimated. Well, let, let me ask Roy this, because there are certain seats which which many people are predicting will go back to Labour um, in the north. Um, further down to the south and the west, that's more of a Lib Dem stronghold, and those seats could fall to the Lib Dems. What are the possibilities of some kind of coalition, a, a new Lib Lab pact? Is that anyone's horizon? I don't think there'll be any formal pact because neither party, neither Lib Dems nor Labour, would actually formally acknowledge that. But I think there will be an understanding. Um, collaboration. Yeah, there will be an understanding. I mean, we know that it goes on. And also voters are intelligent. I mean, they make up their own minds. There are all sorts of apps out there, programmes that will say, you know, which is the best way of voting to get rid of the Tories. And they'll just do that. So there are lots of opportunities for that. I, what I would hope personally, having been fervently in favour of first past the post, I would uh, I would hope that Labour Party at its conference this year introduces um, in its manifesto voting reform for a form of um, proportional representation so that voting becomes fairer. It will lead to coalition governments, but at least it will mean that, you know, 35, 40 percent of an electorate gets their MP. There will be a much fairer representation. I, I, I yeah. would, I would, I, abs- I would absolutely love it, but I don't think it'll ever happen. I desperately would love that because it would, it would. And you look across uh, the Western world and where they've got it, it makes for challenges. But yes. you do get a far better representation than and swing swing. And I just think I think if mm. if Labour win with a massive majority or enough of a majority, they won't want proportional representation because they don't want to lose power. And the same will apply to the Tory Party when they win at the next one because mm. you know that they'll all argue and disagree. And I I think it would make a huge benefit because then you would bring out people cross party mm. that are just speaking. And and I love it. And it happens yeah. so rarely. When well, if, hear... if it's any consolation, Mike, I mean, that th- there will be lots of CLPs, that's constituency Labour parties, putting a motion forward for voting reform. And if it's carried at conference, it has to be introduced in the manifesto. What do you think the and likelihood of that is, Roy? I think there's a very strong chance. Really? The membership is overwhelmingly in support of it now. Mm, mm. See, I'd have thought, I'd have thought um, it's a policy that only the Lib Dems wanted. That's historic. Mm. So, so, so just explain to me, Roy, what, what is the, from what you've heard on the, your eyes and ears in this yeah. matter, what yeah. have you heard on the ground that leads you to believe that that could possibly happen? Well, I mean, I've seen, you know, obviously I follow Labour Twitter, I follow, get stuff from Labour people all the time and I follow the, the leaders. I know it's a, it's a hot topic. Mm. Um, people are talking about it endlessly. For the right reasons, I hope. But I know, you know, I, I chat to the local Tories here, um, as Lars knows, only too well. And many of them would be in favour of a form of PR. Seriously, they would. Really? So, oh, yeah, I absolutely do. I absolutely do. Uh, I think what's, what, again, I go back to my floating. I'd seen it, you know, over the last 50, 60 years when uh, the, there appeared to be a little bit of a mini breakthrough by the Liberals and then by the Social Democrats uh, and then a mix and match of them and there was a coalition. But uh, it didn't last long enough for, for and it wasn't a real coalition of, of sharing. Uh, and, mm. and we need a, almost need a multitude of parties uh, that feel that they've got a chance to be elected and that would be 
that would be a far better solution. And the, and, and the crazy thing is, uh, we are meant to be the home of democracy, and the reality is we look across most of the other democracies across the world where they have yeah. real democracy, uh, we are nowhere near it. We just go from one party to the other. Mm. And that's, I agree. That I agree is going, and, and, and that's, I'm not defending either party. We just undo what's been done and we restart again. I know, and, yeah, I know. All that happens mm. is that the person out there suffers. And but don't you think, Mike, that in many respects... This is a zeitgeist moment. We're at a bit of a tipping point here. We very rarely, I mean, since the Second World War, we've got war in Europe, we've got a pandemic, we're trying to overcome Brexit, we've got all sorts of problems that have all yeah, come together. And, and we, and, and, and again, we're going to get a new Prime Minister mm. who has not gone to the electorate, because we. I think we've already agreed that that... Often it is the electorate look for the personality or the leader or their own MP. And this time, uh, we're not doing that. But I'm looking slightly further ahead to the election. I think I'd the like next to... election could be very surprising. I want to get there. Right now. <laughs> right, you, you've summed it up. Yeah. In two years' time, mm. two years' time, where will we be with Ukraine? Where will we be with energy supply across mm. the world? Where will we be with regards to what's going on in the US and what the heck is going on in this country in terms of poverty, uh, in terms of inequality? Two years. Mm. Two years. I, I don't think we can... It's too late. And, I, and sadly... Uh, that looking at the two candidates that are because this is the focus on this, it, it, you know, this time, these two candidates fill me with nothing but um, dismay. Well, we all know that Royce, uh, sorry, Lars is slightly, um, well, less than confident about all of that. But um, do you think, Lars, that we will go all the way to two years before going to the country? Do you think that could happen sooner? I mean, it could actually, couldn't it? It, it could happen sooner. Um, I don't think it will. Um, but what we're forgetting all of this talking about national politics, next May is quite a key oh, time. local elections. Because there are a lot of local elections. Bracknell Forest has a boundary change, so all their ward boundaries are changing. Mm. So they're, they're, in a, they're in a different, different scenario. Um, Royal Borough of Windsor Maidenhead have got their elections. I think we do here. Slough yeah. Borough Council... Yeah are all out next year mm. because they used to go in thirds. Mm. They The um, commissioners who, who took off uh, over Slough after they basically bankrupted the council um, has said that they're going to go for all out elections And are year. you saying that those results will give us, they're like a litmus test they are of, because of what people, we will get? Because people don't see their local councils all the time. You, I'm not saying they don't see them. They don't see the local council as being local issues all the time. We get it on the doorstep. I'm sure Roy gets it on the doorstep. Yeah. It's all, a, they, they, you knock on a door and say, you're going to vote Conservative, you're going to vote Labour, you're going to vote what? They're always talking about, oh, you know, Boris needs to go. Oh, yeah. or, or well, that, that happened in the last stuff. local elections. Exactly. So, but, so the, the local elections do, do indicate. Mm. So they, they indicate, but, but how often have the politicians in Whitehall actually acknowledged and done oh, something about that. the last time they did. The, the last time they certainly acknowledged it. In fact, they had a big resignation over it, didn't they? Yeah, they, 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 they do acknowledge it. I mean, with the challenge with local government at the moment is the new adult social care bill, which is going to create huge um, financial strains on councils. 
that's where it will come. It's whether, that's interesting. It's whether, we, whether people are going to ask the new leaders what they're going to do about the adult social care bill because it, it, it strangles the budgets of councils all yeah. across the oh, country. Of it, does. it doesn't matter whether you're Labour or yeah. Lib Dem or, or yeah. Tory yeah. or Independent or whatever. But I, just, just going back to the original point about will they, will they could you know, call a general election. Um, but again, just from experience of people's behaviour, yeah, you are, you've been made Prime Minister and you know you're going to lose the next election. You're not stupid. You can say what you like to the media, but you, this is your time. You're not going... You're, most people, certainly within politics and at, the, at that high level, have an air of self-protection about their, their life and they're not... And they're often still more interested in their own survival than they are, or that's how it appears to be, about me, the floating mm. voter. So yeah. it, I'm going to stay as long as I possibly can before we have an election. And, and that's time climbed. and time again, across across international politics mm. all over the world, people hang on to the last moment. Well, they've climbed to the top of the greasy pole. Yeah. I think it was Disraeli mm. that said that. And then the, the point is, can mm. they stay there? And uh, And that's what politics you know they don't want to call an election about. yeah they and i and i think they'll they'll they will know because the 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 all the polls will indicate 14 11 12 whatever the local elections all indicate that the tory party are are mistrusted and they've not done a good show however well local politics has gone across the thames valley mm-hmm. and they'll just go well hang on and they'll talk about oh this is a midterm with blah 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 the reality it's is They'll stay as long as they can to the last mm. day. But let me, so mm. let me, when we're talking about, you know, litmus tests and regarding some things as barometers of what's going on in politics, we've got, um, haven't we got a council seat coming up in Bracknell, yes. which it, is a bit of a bellwether seat, isn't it, Roy? Yes, it, it's in Old Bracknell. It has been Tory controlled for some time. It's for the Bracknell um, Town Council, so it's not a top tier council, but it's being fought along party political lines. We won a similar by-election there last year in October um, with a huge swing to us. And I think the reality was the Tory voters stayed at home. And I think the same will happen this time. Really? Um, I do. I think the same will happen this time. I'm confident that will happen. You think this seat um, will go to Labour? Yeah, I do, honestly. And what indications have you got of, of, as to why that would happen? Um, basically, I think it's, as Mike has said, it's it reflected back on national politics. People are just disenchanted massively with the conduct of Boris Johnson and the cabinet and they've had enough and I think also the point that Mike mentioned earlier I'm bound to agree with him is that the country faces challenges as never before and most people if given the chance would want a general election to have a clean start to look Mm. afresh Mm. with a new team at these challenges because otherwise we're going to get more of the same and yet more damage so I I confidently predict that old Bracknell will return to Labour tonight um there will hardly be a massive turnout, but I think it, I'm confident. When, when, when will, do they? They'll finish. They'll 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 close the the voting boxes at ten. Is ten right? o'clock. Ten o'clock. Well, no, well, no, by about eleven thirty. I oh, guess. Oh, quick! It's a small count, isn't it? So it's a small count. Quickly. Yeah, it's a town council. It's yeah, eleven thirty. Gosh, that'd be quite interesting. But to... interesting, like Brack, Bracknell Town Council, I believe, is one of the largest town councils in the country. It is. It and is it's it one is of the last. one of the very few count town councils that have a political makeup. Most town councils are independent, so they have an, in, yeah. you know, Mr. and Mrs. So it is a really good indicator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. I think it is. Um, and certainly, I mean, I've been canvassing a few times and I've chatted to voters and that's what we're getting back. It doesn't well, come as any surprise. What are they saying to you, Roy, when you're out canvassing? 
it's basically a question is to do with the national government, and we've had enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we campaign on the issues, the local issues. You know, uh, th- this is just a low-level council. We're here to be your advocate to support you on this and that or whatever, and problem solve. Um, but people just want to talk all the time about Boris Johnson. You see, the thing is, that's exactly what happened in the May local elections. What people mm. wanted to talk about on the doorstep was Boris Johnson. We've now had, he's he's been deposed, if you like. We've got a leadership election. We've got two new candidates. But it hasn't made any difference to what people are talking about on the doorstep, has That's because they're not new candidates. They're, and it's not seen as a solution. Do, do you know, I no, go back, I, I, having studied uh, history, uh, for many years, I, 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 why I was, I don't know. I was just cast back to the 1832 Reform Act, which dis- <laughs> as you do, which was to get rid of rotten boroughs, where you could be elected if you were a dead goat to the mm. particular party. <laughs> for that. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and sadly, sounds like slough. Sadly, we're still in that position. So whatever we yeah, need to yeah. rock the boat to break that mould in British politics, mm. because it hasn't changed for almost 200 years. Yep. And and yet that act was to try and equalise mm. and to, to, OK, it was a long way from, you know, one man, one woman, one vote. But it was to get rid of that. Mm. And we need something like that. Uh, if we're ever going to get to a point where people feel that they're represented i don't feel i'm represented in government mm. i i you know i looked across where there were local elections across the thames valley and it didn't matter what you voted if it was this color or that color that's the way yeah, it yeah. was going to go yeah absolutely right yeah. mike so that is that that goes back all the way to 1832 which was meant to stop that yeah and it hasn't yeah and we had um andre andre walker was in the studio wasn't he a couple yes. of um, months ago lars and he was saying more or less the same thing about seats that had been held by one party for generations and generations and generations and nothing had changed and and that's very unhealthy for democracy but some of that is down to the down to the political parties the way they select their candidates it's almost seen that once you select a member of parliament, it's almost a seat for life or until they lose their seat or until they want to retire. Because well, that's not the way you select your candidate. No, is it? but it, 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 it's whether with, with the Conservative Party, if the candidate wants to stand again, the Executive Council makes the decision as to whether what, they, they just roll that, it over. Then they just roll it over. Whereas what you actually want is some kind of performance review. <laughs> yeah, you want a full selection. But like in the real world. Yes, you want a full selection, essentially. Roy, you look like yeah. I mean, yeah, no, this is an interesting debate, to be honest, because you want MPs that are clever, yeah, uh, uh, articulate, um, are smart on their feet, but also with a realistic understanding of the concerns of the common people. Um, I'm not sure that we always get that. And I no. think there also needs to be a method of recall. So if MPs are performing poorly, then the local electorate. Was about ten or fifteen percent. Should be able to recall their MPs and have a, a by election. You see, um, the, we had the uh, one of the the execs from the Henley Business School, which is in our valley, um, in um, on Ronnie Singh's program on Sunday morning, and he was making almost the same point that it was actually quite difficult to get the type of person who genuinely wanted to carry the concerns of the constituents to Parliament, yes. but who also was a very ambitious person and who wanted to climb the Disraeli's greasy pole. <laughs> and, and it's quite difficult to match those two things up. And that's not anything to do with the selection process. It's not anything to do with politics, really. That's about life in Absolutely general. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And it's, it it's a difficult subject to approach. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. What do you think, Mike? Uh, 
I, I was just sitting here thinking that if I had a chance, you know, for example, and, and, and again, this is not a, this is an off, off the cuff remark. If Lars was standing for uh, the leadership of the Conservative Party and I had the right to vote, I'd vote. Because I want someone who understands, and, and I almost sound political doing that, but there's a desperate disparity and massive void between the people who sit there. And, 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 and Rishi Sunak is a classic example. He has no comprehension at all of what people are going to go through. And quite frankly, none of them, none of the Conservative Party at the moment, at the national level, appear to have a real understanding of what people need. And, 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 it's, and it, yes, it's life, but it's not a good one. And, I, and mm. the next two years mm. are going to be desperate for the human race let alone the oh, Conservative yeah, Party. And 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 almost this is a time because of what's happening, climate this is a time for a government of nat- national interest and that actually mm. you get mm. people in and I spoke about Tom Tugner and Chris Bryant and there are others like that too that yeah. I go, I would listen to you because you're doing the right thing for the human race and we we've gone back into this national looking after myself politics which unfortunately was very much led by boris uh and and across in the uh, across the pond with with what was going on with and we've completely lost sight of the fact that the human race at the moment is imploding on our planet uh, either by fighting or using up resources and not understanding and not doing the right thing and and all that's going to happen is a lot of innocent people as are at the moment will not make it Forget the forget the party, forget the party political yeah. bias. There are people today who will not be alive at the next election because of what's happening over the next two years. Yeah. Very well said, Mike. Yeah, I agree really, with that that. Is... You, you should stand as a politician. Yeah, well, yeah, but, I, I, but, I, but I am not. I am not. Uh, I'm passionate about politics, but I also am not. I, I don't sit on any particular seat. And uh, it would be. Uh, and there are, there are so many things that could be done uh, that would enable people to, to do right. And I, I understand if you're in business and you want to make profit and you want to be successful, that's great. But uh, at the cost of someone who is not able to live. And that doesn't make me left wing or right wing. I'm just being applying some common sense mm. here. Um, here it is. There's a lump of, of rock with a hot bit in the middle. And there's a lot of people around the outside who seem to be self-imploding. Mm. And we're not addressing climate change. I mean, that's obviously triggered in my mind. The the one thing that I don't think any of the candidates address successfully is the whole issue of climate change. And then ironically, we get the hottest day in our history. I mean, I I just want to say one thing. I was driving back to Marlow from the refugees, the Afghan refugees I help, close to Heathrow Airport. And I could see black smoke all over the horizon from fires that had been started by things like the sun's rays hitting broken glass on dry lawns. And then I heard that um, the fire service had been under the most pressure it had been since the Second World War. I mean, that's what those guys had to deal with. I I don't even think we we have any comprehension of what's going to happen. No, it's scary business. And we've got, to be blunt, two people who've come from the previous cabinet uh, trying to vie to become our Prime Minister for the next two years who aren't talking about the things that matter, 
and they won't they won't help the Tory party win the election because I would love I would love to have consistent government uh, which was an, enabling to establish a policy that people approved and, and see it through but we won't mm. whenever the election's called the opposition party will win and then they'll mess it up and then the next one the opposition party will win and i don't i think we're those days of you know long three reigns of 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 tony blair or three reigns of of margaret thatcher are a thing of the past at the, yeah. at the Can moment I just make a couple of very quick go points. on roy um, Mike's been. I've been fascinated listening to what Mike has had to say. But the one thing we've not mentioned is nationalist populism, which yes. Boris Johnson's milked to the nth degree. Yep. So you think about Britain first, America first. Look how divisive and poisonous they have been. And we somehow have got to get back because I think most people there could be a consensus. You could coalesce around things that take us forward, and yet we're at extremes, and that's in no one's interest. But, but I think but, can I just can I just ask you one question because yeah. I totally agree with you that that populism leaders are a really big problem not just in this country not just in america but in other countries too yes, i yes. mean part of the reason is we've got a 24 hour news cycle we've got 24 hour news channels and we've mm. got politicians who appear on them and they're trying to please 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 all the time in the short term i'm not sure what we do about this roy to 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 solve this populism problem because i think that's at the heart of I everything agree. Mike said. I, I agree. I'm, I, I travel the world a lot with my work pre-COVID uh, and I, was, I, I felt very international uh, in terms of my outlook. I'd be standing uh, somewhere in another part of the world talking to people and everyone was different nationality. We all had the same views and outputs and all of a sudden that has changed from what's happened in America, what's happened in the UK and what is purporting in many many countries russia Mm. all of these things now are being led by by we've got to protect ourselves and it is quite frankly wrong and and worrying Mm. and it would it would be so refreshing if we could have someone who who had a a global outlook do you know tom he he actually spoke of that and he yeah. was talking not about the interests of the Tory party or the United Kingdom, but actually climate change affects everybody in the whole Absolutely. planet. Yeah. And, and, and trying to do something for our country was a waste of time unless you actually make it work globally. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like the pandemic. It's like the solution to the pandemic. It's like a, dealing with a virus and dealing with climate change. These are global situations. You know, we're not safe until we're all safe. No one's safe until we're all safe. Yeah. Anyhow, Lars, last word to you. What's going to be happening with this leadership race? I want to know what you think. Well, they are, of course, doing a load of hustings. Oh, I've just seen that, yeah. Yeah, so they are doing... Unfortunately, none of there's not a single one in the Thames Valley. Oh, that's unfortunate. I wonder why that is. (laughs) They'll take you for granted. That's right. Glad you said it, Roy. (laughs) They're off to Leeds, Exeter, Cardiff, Eastbourne, Darlington, Cheltenham, Perth, Belfast, Manchester, Birmingham, Norwich. So our nearest one is going to be central London. Mm. Okay. So it it all depends what happens in the hustings. The thing is, don't you think the trouble is it's all taking so long? Why does it have to take that long? Four weeks. No, no, but since this has been going on, we've had this leadership contest, then we've got four weeks, then we've got a bit of decision-making to happen. That's a long time when you've decided to be the current Prime Minister. It, it's, 
takes as long as it does. I suppose it does. Well, <laughs> I mean, getting the votes out is another challenge because they have to print the paper. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, it's old-fashioned way of doing it, you know, isn't it? it, it, it There's it's no done, electronic version. There's no electronic version mm. of the thing, so it's all done by post. And, of course, sorting the membership lists out as well is a challenge because if, if you haven't been a member for three months, then you can't vote. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, so, I remember that rule. So there, there yeah. is that, there's that rule as well. But... Um, Okay, well, it's going to be a very, very interesting time. And uh, thank you so much, our floating voter, Mike Borton, for coming in here and giving us your undoubtedly incisive... um, Well, it's been a pleasure. And and I'm I'm feeling in awe of the company and listening to both (laughs) Lars. I do, in terms of some of the experience and knowledge from Lars and and Roy. And and, and indeed yourself, Linda. So thank you so much for the opportunity to come in here and spout off about being floating. And and I'll carry on floating off into the Distance yeah. on, along the Thames. <laughs> okay, and Lars, thank you so much. And Roy Bailey over there in Bracknell, thank you so much. You're listening to River Radio on the web, on the mobile, on Alexa. Tune in again, Rani Singh on Sunday morning, because I'll chip in with a bit more politicking, and Rani will have a list of unbeatable guests as well, so stay with us. <laughs>